The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. Welcome back to part two of this episode. I really hope you enjoyed part one. Now let's get back into it. From that day, that seemed to be quite a defining moment or even a turning point in terms of how you felt about yourself and the relationship that you had with your disability up to that point. Was it almost like an immediate reaction in terms of how you changed something? Or like when you walked out that day, what changed or, or what what adjustments did you make to your life? Or was it just purely a way of of thinking that you had never thought about? So there's a book called The Power of Moments. And I always thought it was like this one big grand moment where like, where people like, what was that one defining moment? This isn't a Disney movie. You know, (laughs) we don't have that one defining moment. (laughs) There are definitely powerful moments, but each moment contributes to the greater development of your life. And that's in my opinion. Mm. So that was definitely a moment that started me thinking. And then my awareness, I'm like, okay, where does this apply? And as I was going throughout my days and weeks, I was like, oh man, I see what she was what she was talking about. Like, I'm just pretending. And a lot of us get in this, we get in this routine or rut of like, this is how we live our lives. And you might've been guilty of this as well, saying things like, oh, that's just how I do it. That's just what I do. That's just who I am. In learning to change that phrase, that did a lot for me because it's not who I am. It's who I have been up until this point. And if I choose to continue that, that's a choice. Who you have been is not who you are. It's who you're choosing to be. So if you say something like, oh, my diabetes, my blood sugar is just high all the time. No, no, no. It has been high in the past, but it doesn't have to continue that way. Mm. It's not who you are. It's what you've done. And what you've done is not who you are. That concept, if you can really grasp that, you'll understand that you you need to stop dooming your future self to your past. I don't care if up until this point, right now, at this second of the podcast, you have been terrible at managing your blood sugars. You are not terrible at managing your blood sugars. You have been not as good as you want to be in the past, but you can change that right now moving forward mm. by making different decisions. Because I promise you, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. Diabetes management or not, I decided that I needed to stop doing what I've always done. I used to be that hustle culture guy that wanted to be so cool and like, yeah, the depression isn't real. You know, just got to push through it. You got to fight. You got to push. You got to wake up at 4 a.m. And I'm like, no, you don't. 
<laughs> no, you don't. Mm. Like, stop. Stop rewarding hard work without effective work. Stop rewarding like, uh, like this this brutality Spartan type mentality. Yeah, that's cool and all. It sounds really cool, especially on Instagram. But my life is not a flex, and it's damn sure not a flex for everyone else because they're not paying my bills. They're not struggling with my mental health. They're not struggling with my condition. They're not going to the gym for me. My life is a flex for me and no one else. And it, whether you see it as a flex or not, that's not my responsibility. What you think of me, what you think of my life is not my responsibility. And it's not my business. What I think of me is. Hmm. And when I made that switch, man, and when, when more people make that switch to understand I need to put in the work for me, not for anyone else, life gets a little different. Hmm. You mentioned. He's got times. me fired up. <laughs> yeah, no, fired up. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> ready to go, no. ready to go. <laughs> I'm going down to Florida. We're hitting a workout tonight. Yeah, he's literally. Uh, he's not even driving or flying. He's running down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Sprinting down. <laughs> when you kind of create, not created, but when that shift was made from you understanding the the type of person that you were pretending to be, as opposed to the type of person that you're now obviously like living true with has your mission in your life changed because you and I'm using the word mission because you've used it yourself now a couple of times on the podcast in terms of like the mission that you have in your life has it changed since the perspective of who you feel you are has changed man you were asking questions that are really digging at stuff I've never really said and I love that um really weird my mission never changed but the meaning behind it did so my mission had always been from the start i vow to be the person i never had growing up to give value to people but in the beginning i don't know that i believed that i knew it sounded good but i don't know that i believed it i don't know that i truly wanted it because i didn't know who i was you know i i knew it sounded good and i knew like that's one of those things you say and people are like damn that's so good but I was like, I was numb, you know, I was empty. Like I was very apathetic. So I still didn't feel guilty because I was like, I'm still helping people. I just feel dead inside. But now it's to the point where I can feel that mission. And that's, it's different. I feel like I present better. I feel like I communicate better. I feel like I'm unapologetically myself because I'm not for everyone and that's okay. But I know my intention and my mission is based out of passion and being a human and wanting to help people. I know that sometimes people might perceive me in a certain way because of maybe tattoos. And we talked about this, like tattoos, comb over, swoopy haircut, <laughs> beard, you know, you might be like, that guy's a douchebag or that guy works for T-Mobile or like whatever you want to <laughs> say, you know, like, but again, your perception of me, especially without not even knowing me, what you think of me is not my business and it's not my responsibility. What is my responsibility is to change the people that are in my lives and the people I will continue to encounter, whether it's an organization that I speak for in front of thousands of people or a person I'm having drinks with at a bar, getting r ridiculously free drinks because of <laughs> uh, association, <laughs> you know, yeah, regardless know. of what it is, my job is to be present. My job is to be myself. And I, I want to help because I know what I went through. I know what I went through with my past, with my family, with finances, with, um, my arm, you know, feeling broken. I felt like I wasn't good enough and I felt like I never would be. And I realized that that not all feelings are facts. 
So when, when I say that, think about diabetes management in general, just because you feel like this low or this high, or you're struggling to get the program down to improve your A1C or your time and range, just because you tell yourself, I just feel like I'm never going to get this. That feeling isn't a fact. It's just a feeling. And if you invest in it, you can make it a fact. And if you take out your investment from that, you can make it completely untrue. Feelings are not facts. And remind yourself that so you know, just because you're going through a bad time, it doesn't mean it's going to last forever. And it doesn't mean that's who you are. Alternatively, just because you're going through a good time doesn't mean it's going to last. And it doesn't mean it's who you are. Mm. Who you are is not based on your highs and lows. Who you are is based on who you are and who you choose to be. Not who you've been, not what's happening. It's who you choose to be in the moment. That's it. We were having a very similar type of conversation last week. And as you say, we were overly served or, or over-served in the bar. <laughs> Quite um, literally yeah. over-served. Not so, by our choice either. Yeah, exactly. So to give the listeners a bit of perspective here, as I said, me and Chris met in New York and we, we had dinner. We went to a bar for a couple of drinks and the bartender was Irish. So as people on the podcast know, <laughs> I, I love my tequila and I drink a mezcal neat. And generally, it's just like a pretty small amount, but he basically poured the entire bottle in every glass that I got. <laughs> so it's different to have this conversation minus the tequilas and minus the uh, the old fashions, yeah. <laughs> to say the yeah. least. But that's part of the reason why when we were having this conversation, I was like, we have to do this on a podcast. We have to yeah. do this on a podcast. Because for sure, this way of thinking and, and how you articulate it so well, I think a lot of people aren't even aware of the decisions that we can make around how we react to things. And I know you're, you're a big fan of, of stoicism and you have your Marcus Aurelius statue in, in your place. Yeah. And that's one of the main things that stands out to me about you. It's like, you, you don't control what happens, but you control your reaction and your response to what happens. I think what helped me a lot and what I help a lot of people do is let go of trying to control the things you can't control and fully take the reins, take ownership of what you can control. And you can only control your responses. That's it. You And let's be real. I used to say, oh, you control your thoughts. I dialed that back. You control a lot of your thoughts, but there are intrusive thoughts that they're intrusive. You know, if I'm busy trying to control the things I can't control, I'm wasting energy. I'm taking one step forward, one step back constantly and wondering why I'm not going anywhere because I'm so busy trying to control what I can't control. It's the same thing with what I wanted. I wanted people to think I was cool. I wanted people to think highly of me, which any human would, you know, Mm. but I can't control what you think of me. So I was trying to control something I couldn't control. And a lot of people do that. They're trying to control something they can't control. They're trying to control 20 years from now. They don't want to have complications. Well, one, you're not unique in that because I also don't want to have complications. And two, if you found a way to control the future, please let me know because I would love to be a gazillionaire mm. in 10 years. You know, <laughs> I still might be, but I figured out this time. the only way to control that is in my moment by moment decisions. You know, if I told you right now to run four hours, you'd be like, there's no way it's pop. But if I told you to take one step, you could do that. 
because you see the finish line. The finish line is very quick and slow and close. It's the same reason why TikTok has been so successful because it's just one video and then just one more and then just one more. It's it's one after the other. It's not, hey, I'm TikTok doesn't say, I'm going to make you watch 37 videos. You're going to be like, no way. That's way too much. You just watch one mm. and then another and then another. It's digestible steps. And that's probably the same way you do your programming to help people digest a big program into just this is what you need to do today. This is what you need to do this week. And let's repeat this week next week. And let's repeat next week the following. It's overwhelming to say, hey, you need to do all this stuff. Mm. I'm not telling you to do all this stuff. I'm telling you, use one guiding principle. Does this thought or this behavior or this action help you or hurt you? Mm. If it helps you, do it. If it hurts you, don't do it. If that is too complicated, then you need to be honest with yourself and say, am I committed to hurting myself or am I committed to helping myself? You got to be honest with yourself. Mm. The way I look at it, and I couldn't agree more with everything you're saying. And the way I look at it is, if you can identify the things that give you energy and identify the things that dilute your energy, then you can base your decisions, your actions, your habits around them. It's like, if you know that being on your phone until 2 a.m. in the morning leads you to having a bad night's sleep and then waking up grumpy and fed up in the morning, that's something that probably dilutes your energy. Maybe don't make that a habit. If you know that you pre-bolus before every meal, it keeps your blood in range and you feel good. Maybe that's something that gives you energy, so you should continue to do that. And I'll ask you how there are some people who don't see it. It's really hard to see the negative parts of you that you don't want to acknowledge for you. How do you get real with yourself? I'm somebody who has always enjoyed my own company. I'm a very social person, but I also enjoy my own time. And I think when I spend time with myself, whether it be, going for a walk, going to the gym, going for a run without any music. For me, that's a time where I can really identify, like, am I doing things that are serving me in a positive way? Or am I doing something that isn't serving me in a positive way? Of course, there's times where you might pretend that something isn't as bad as you're convincing yourself it is, or you're convincing yourself that something is better than it is. And for me, it kind of comes from, and I was talking about this in a recent episode that we did, the most important reputation in my life is the reputation that I have of myself. And I can kind of be real with myself in that because the reputation that I have of myself comes from something that I do or something that I said I would do. And if I'm somebody who consistently says, like, I will do something and I don't, like I will get out of bed at this time and I don't. That for me adds up over time. And if I'm consistently not showing up for myself after saying I would do something, then that affects the reputation that I have of myself. So I suppose for me, I try and be real with myself in terms of, am I actually being consistent with the things I said I would be consistent with? That's so important. I feel like it's an uncomfortable conversation. Absolutely. And most people, <laughs> yeah. we, ha we have to have uncomfortable conversations with ourselves. And I think 
that's the hardest part is getting someone to realize the less optimal parts of yourself. I'll be real. Like I could definitely be more organized. I could be more, more timely with some things and that um, it's almost an insecurity that I had to like openly acknowledge because you can't fix what you're not willing to face. A lot of people want solutions to problems that they're not willing to acknowledge. Mm. Oh yeah. My diabetes is good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's like, I, yeah, it's good. It's, mm. it's okay. But like, it's good. Like, well, I don't, I don't like pre boys, but like, it's still decent. Um, I mean, my A1C is higher than I want, but like, it's still okay. You see how it's just getting worse and worse the more we did because you're breaking those walls that you built. Mm. You have to have those uncomfortable conversations and ask like, what would the person closest to you say your uh, less than optimal qualities are? If you were giving yourself advice, what are the biggest things you need to work on? What advice would you give yourself to fix all the problems you're facing right now if you were someone else? If someone else had your exact same issues, your exact same life, what advice would you give them to be better? It's crazy how we will pop off when we're giving advice <laughs> to other people. Yeah. Like, well, actually, you smell, you look terrible, you need some gel in your hair. Like, we will give the most advice, but when it comes to us, I'm like, no, I think I'm good. Mm. Are you? You know, or are you good or are you just guarded? Because there's a big difference. We have to have uncomfortable conversations with yourself. And kind of like you said, your reputation to yourself is your value set. You value your reputation. Some people might not. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the first one to say that's okay. But you have to find out what you do value. Because for me, I vow to be the person I never had growing up. Because I want to be that person for other people. Whether it's organizations that affect people or people itself. I can't be that person if I'm not being the best version of myself. Mm. I can't be the best version of myself if my diabetes is out of, out of whack. I can't be the best version of myself if I'm not doing the work. What is your driving factor? The whole Simon Sinek start with why. In reality, what is your why? What drives you? Is it your kid? Is it a potential family? Is it the, the life you know you deserve? Is it your reputation with yourself? What is your why? When you find that why and you hang on to it, a million people could get in a line and tell you that's dumb, don't do that, and you wouldn't listen because it's so important to you. Mm. Until you have that, you'll waver a little bit. Start with why. That's such an important like factor in your decisions. Everyone can be motivated when they're doing good. It's when you fall down, when you have bad blood sugars, when you are struggling, that's where it shows like, okay, do you have the resilience and do you have the why to keep going? I'm glad that you touched on the word motivation because, because it's, it's a word that is thrown around and it's a word that I feel comes and goes like the wind. And it's like, if you are relying on your motivation to get you to a place or even physically, if you are relying on motivation, to lose a certain amount of body fat. If you are relying on motivation to lower your A1C, one day you're going to feel like doing it. Next week, you're not going to feel like doing it. But like you've said, if you can tie that into why you want to make that change, why it's important to you, how and why will your life be different when you get to that place? Or on the process to getting to that place, why is it important to you? Makes it easier 
to be consistent when inevitably it's difficult? Uh, I don't know if I said this on the last podcast, but even if I did, uh, it's extremely important. Motivation is the wrong question. Don't DM someone saying, how do I get motivated? Um, <laughs> motivation is the wrong question. Don't even ask yourself, how do I get more motivation? That's mm. It's completely wrong question. The, the right question is, how do I develop the discipline to do the stuff I need to do even when I don't feel like doing it? If you do things based on feeling, you're constantly going to be held hostage by your highs and lows. Mm. You're constantly going to be held hostage by feelings, which we already said feelings are not facts. If you talk to someone about a relationship and someone said, I don't feel like loving you today. There's probably a knee jerk reaction of like, wow, that's pretty crappy. Because we know if you're in a relationship, you're committed, whether you feel like it or not. You're in a relationship with your diabetes. You're in a relationship with your life. You're in a relationship with the future self you have. What does your relationship look like? If it's based on feelings, it's not a quality relationship. You know, we have to learn, and that's what stoicism kind of taught me, and we touched on before, uh, domestication, uh, domestication of emotion so that it doesn't run your actions. Mm. Feelings will come and go constantly, but at the end of the day, the decision has to be made. You go to work whether you feel like it or not because you've convinced yourself that you have to, even though you don't. You don't have to go to work. You could be homeless. You've convinced yourself that it's a need. You know, if you have the ability to convince yourself of necessity, do that with every aspect of your life that you need to improve. It's not about feelings. It's not about motivation. Motivation comes after action, hmm. not before. Out of everything that you've done up to this point, Chris, what are you most proud of? I am most proud of being vulnerable enough to be myself. A hundred percent. Like I was super proud when I did that, like people magazine two page spread. Cause my friend who was like, what she was like nine or 10 now, Sadie, she's missing part of her arm. And I remember there was a picture. She was like holding up the magazine and like showing her arm. And she was just like, so proud of me. And I was like, damn, that's so cool. You know, <laughs> but in looking at that, it reminded me what made me most proud is showing myself and stop. I stopped hiding. I stopped hiding everything. I started being honest with myself and with people. And I don't think there will be an accomplishment in my life that will be able to get close to that. I've done a lot, you know, money, all this stuff, like success, I guess you could say conventional, but nothing will be as successful as letting go of 17 years of struggling to accept who I was. So I will forever be most proud of that. This has been incredibly insightful. And I know anybody listening is thinking, how can I be more in tune with how I feel around certain things? How can I identify what's serving me well? Or even what am I lying to myself about that I need to improve? Or what have I been avoiding? Your perspective and your way of thinking is just incredible. And it's, and it's something that I love listening to and the conversations that I love having. So thanks so much for coming on. For sure. I appreciate you having me, man. By the way, just before I let you go, what is that CGM on your arm? Because so I haven't seen, I, use, I don't think I've seen that in Ireland. Yeah. So I use Eversense. It's a six-month implanted CGM. So if for anyone who is not watching, I can literally like take it off and put it back on. Um, oh, it's like a plaster. It's, yeah. So it's implanted under the skin. 
and it's there for six months. It's extremely accurate. It vibrates on your arm so it doesn't like go crazy with sounds. So I know vibratory patterns, whether I'm going high or low, even if I don't have my phone on me, I can be in the gym and know what my blood sugar is doing just based on the vibrations. So if I'm in a meeting or a business meeting, I know what my blood sugar is without looking at my phone or without it like interrupting. And it's really cool. So I only do two sensor changes a year and I can switch what? between white and clear uh, adhesive, which is super cool. I get to like choose how I present my diabetes, which is another mental health component that a lot of companies don't think about. Okay. You know, like if I want to have clear, I want to have clear. If I want to have white, I can choose white. And it's uh, uh, basically silicone based adhesive. So it doesn't irritate the skin like other ones. Uh, I can take this off and on. 15 times. And if anything, I just changed the adhesive and it's good to go. So it's a pretty cool tech, but this is why anything with how you choose to manage your diabetes, I believe all options need to be on the table. So don't just do things because everyone does them. Ask yourself, is this beneficial for me? What does this help me or hurt me? Cause some people get on a CGM or a pump. I'm also on shots too. Mm. You know, your management style is your choice. Mm -hmm. Consider all options, see what might work best. And what has worked for you in the past doesn't mean will always work for you in the future. You have the flexibility to be your own patient advocate, facilitate the conversations that help you improve your management because your life is your responsibility. And for me, this is what works best for me right now. And I love it. So just options. Keep your options open. Mm. We have a condition we didn't ask for. The least we could get <laughs> is all the options laid on. Exactly. 100%. And that's even something we touch on in the podcast a good bit too. It's like, there is no perfect formula when it comes no. to how you manage. Like if you want a finger prick, do that. If you want a CGM, hopefully you have access to one. Use a pump if you can. Use pens if you want to. I'm somebody who uses pens. I don't think I'll ever go off pens because that's what I prefer. That's what I'm confident yeah. with. Um, you saw me pull out my syringe yeah. and uh, vial. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're like, what is that? Yeah, but it's, it goes to show you people like, oh, but I figured because you guys are diabetes people online, you would have the best tech. Like I've tried everything and this is what fits my management style right now. Mm. That's okay. You know, people want certainty in an uncertain life and world. They think, hey, what's the best? And that's relative. You know, you love pens. I love shots. Very simple, you know. We're different, but we both manage our condition. So just explore options and see what might work best for you. That's it. If there's anybody from Eversense listening to this podcast, I want to try out that CGM because <laughs> I've never tried it. Or Chris, By the next podcast, he's going to be on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to try it. That's insane that yeah, you only change it twice a year. Chris, really, really, really enjoyed this as always. And I look forward to seeing you in Florida sometime very shortly for more tequila and more workouts. Yeah. Where Maybe can... a little less tequila, yeah. but like <laughs> yeah. similar yeah. amount. <laughs> a, little, a little less tequila would probably be a good idea. Um, where can people follow you online? Where can they find out more about you if, for whatever reason, they aren't following you right now, Chris? Yeah, so just my website is chrisrudin.com. I speak all around. You know, I'll be uh, overseas speaking in uh, Berlin at a diabetes conference uh, in February. So if you want to reach out, Social media is all at Chris Rudin, and I'm always available to talk. So whether you want to throw ideas around, philosophies, or just talk, just let me know. Or DM motivation. There it is. <laughs> there it is. DM motivation. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't been following or you aren't following Chris on all social platforms, please do it. As you can see, or as you can hear from this podcast, he has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to health, fitness, mental health, and your approach in terms of 
how you manage your own decisions or reactions or responses, which is, as you can also hear from this podcast, extremely vital to be content. So thank you, Chris. Really enjoyed it. Look forward to chatting to you soon. Take it easy. Take care. Another massive thank you to today's guest. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out their social channels and links that we've included in the episode description. If you enjoy the podcast, which I'm guessing you do because you listen, be sure to rate, subscribe, and share. It really, really helps the podcast get heard by more people when you rate, when you subscribe, and when you share. If you feel that you've been able to benefit from it so far, likely someone else would be too. If you have any questions or stories for myself and Graham, please do not hesitate to reach out. We absolutely love getting in the email stories and questions. You can do this through theinsalonepodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more from me, stay connected or even work with me and other people living with type 1 diabetes who want to be fitter, healthier, and happier within my type 1% better online program, you can message me directly through Instagram or you can fill out an application form through the link in the podcast description. And as always, another massive thank you to you for your time and your ears. We greatly appreciate you showing up each week, time after time, ready to gain knowledge and confidence around your diabetes management. So until next week, have a good day, have a good week, look after those blood sugars, and I'll chat to you soon. Take it easy.